0: Welcome back to another episode of Diagnosing a Killer: The Mental
1: Breakdown. The Mental
0: Breakdown. The I'm mental Kenna. Mental
1: Breakdown.
0: I'm Koa. <laughs> she was not finished singing, and I just totally <laughs> started. It's cold. it's going it's fucking cold You're it right. is cold
1: this is like oh my gosh a school is like gonna be a thing mm-hmm. Ugh. or is a thing full swing now
0: yeah it's been very busy but i think we're doing a good job of mm-hmm. preparing ourselves content wise so that you guys aren't missing out on anything and we're yeah. just getting it done yeah new year new us it feels nice it does feel nice to so, be prepared to not have to worry yeah. for sure
1: yeah. Do you have any
0: business before we get into this mental breakdown?
1: I don't think so. I think by now we have caught up on all of our merch orders and all that stuff. So just looking forward to more orders.
0: Yes. <laughs> which I'm is great. To continue yeah. giving you guys that merch and just keep looking at that. We're going to have new designs come out every once in a while when we have them. And just keep updating yourselves on that to see if there's anything that catches your eye. Yeah. Do you want to give everyone our handles before we begin?
1: Sure. You can catch us out on any social media platform at Diagnosing a Killer, other than X, formerly known as Twitter, which is at Killer Diagnosis. We currently have a Cash App, a Venmo, a PayPal. I think there's another one in there. Something. We have our Patreon Mm -hmm. as well, which you can also do a one-time custom donation if you would like. Uh, All those are going to be at diagnosingakiller.com, or diagnosingakiller. And we also have... (coughs) diagnosingakiller.com.
0: Yeah. And then if you want access to ad-free exclusive content on Patreon, if you join Patreon in general, you get ad-free. If you join tier two or three, you get access to an extra bonus episode on the 29th of each month. That's going to be content warning free, just a super gory, crazy, in-your-face episode, no banter, nothing like this in the beginning. Unapologetic. To point. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, I think we are ready to go. Are you ready for this one? I'm ready. Okay. Content warning. This episode contains talk of negative idealizations of certain groups of people, suicide, and assault. If this episode is not for you, we encourage you to find another one of our episodes. Remember, your mental health is extremely important, and we love you. We love you. Bye. Bye. So usually I say the topic, and then I get the content warning, so you still don't know. (laughs) (laughs) I'm really excited about this one. It's not necessarily... I mean, it is definitely true crime related. Mm -hmm. Not so much psychology, but definitely kind of like... I like to use mental breakdown sometimes as like a loophole to talk about something I think is super interesting. Right. So that I did this week. Okay. And today we are going to be talking about Alcatraz escapees. <gasps> yeah. <laughs> oh my
1: God. I'm so excited for this.
0: So I'm going to first go into the history of Alcatraz. Of course, if you are not familiar with it, I will let you know. It is a small island off the coast of California, San Francisco, which is the east coast of I'm sorry, west coast of the United States. Wow, i have already bought it.
1: I know. Way to piss off Snoop Dogg.
0: Um, But we will be talking about a little bit of history so that if you're not familiar with it, you can get familiar before we start talking about the people that attempted to escape. Okay. (laughs) I'm excited. Alcatraz Island is a small island about 1.25 miles offshore from San Francisco, California, in the United States. The first European to document the island's existence was Spanish naval officer and explorer Juan Manuel de Ayala during the Spanish rule of California in 1775. Okay. Wow. He he would name the island La Isla de los Alcatraces, which translates to the island of the gannets, which is a type of seabird. Okay. Although this is the official translation, it's commonly believed that La Isla de los Alcatraces actually translates to the island of the pelicans. Okay. Even though the modern Spanish translation of pelican is pelicano. Mm Mm-hmm. However, the archaic Spanish word Alcatraz directly translates to pelican. Yeah. So it's kind of, like, it's just, like, a because it's been so long, and then, like, translation, you know, lost in translation kind of thing.
1: Well, an Alcatraz is an, also a type of bird.
0: Yes, I think so. Yeah. It's also now known that there were no gannets native to the Pacific coast, hmm. making the older Spanish word transition, or translation most likely, so pelican. That makes sense. Yeah. yeah
1: especially if that's what he, the only word that he used to describe that type of bird, right?
0: Well, it, yeah, it might have been, like, I don't know the word for this, so I'm going to say this because yeah. they're really similar, <laughs> right? Because the gannet, I actually looked it up. It's more similarly related to, like, a blue-footed booby, Okay. And yeah. then a pelican, of course, is a shorebird, like, the really big ones. Right. So over the years, the name Alcatraz became popular and is now widely used. In August of 1827, French captain Augusta Bernard de Hautsilly wrote, quote, Running past Alcatraz's island, covered with a countless number of these birds... I gunfired over the feathered lesions, causing them to fly up in a great cloud with a noise like a hurricane. End quote.
1: Gosh, so they just like popularized this island like really quickly and massively.
0: Yes, exactly. But this makes me also think that they were pelicans because gannets are again much smaller birds compared Mm -hmm. to pelicans. And pelicans' wings are so big that it would make a lot of noise if they all took flight at the same time. Yeah. The California brown pelican is not known to inhabit the island today as Spanish explorers built several small buildings on the island following the discovery of it, kind of like making them want to go elsewhere. Mm -hmm. In June of 1846, Mexican Governor Pio Pico was known to have given Julian Workman the rights to the island, with the understanding that he would build a lighthouse on it. Julian was the co-owner of Rancho Rancho La Puente and a personal friend of Governor Pico. Later that year, military governor of California, John C. Fremont, would buy the island for five thousand US dollars, which would be the equivalent to almost two hundred thousand dollars today. Whoa. And put it in the name of the United States government. Hmm. In eighteen fifty, President Millard Fillmore ordered that Alcatraz Island be set aside specifically as a US military reservation for military purposes following the Mexican American War. Okay. John Fremont had expected a large compensation for his initiative in purchasing originally and securing Alcatraz Island as a U.S. government-owned land. But the government later invalidated the sale, and Fremont gained nothing monetarily. They were just like, it's ours now exactly (laughs) snooze you lose right fremont and his heirs eventually sued for compensation in a battle that would go on for nearly 40 years (gasps) but was ultimately unsuccessful so like his children his children's children and his children's children's children were like hey not really that far (laughs) i was gonna say it was only 40
1: years but still they were like yeah sorry (laughs) it was just old at that point
0: yeah (laughs)
1: sucks to suck yeah (laughs) that's awful and again how big is it because you're saying that it's for military barracks right or originally Mm -hmm. it was supposed to be its
0: purpose so pretending like I just know this off the top of my head, mm-hmm. it was about what did I say? 22, Twenty-two acres, which equals about sixteen American football fields mm-hmm. and about eighty-nine thousand meters. For our listeners outside of America, I was
1: like, is there no? <laughs> that sounds like so many meters. Is there nothing bigger than a meter? I'm sure there is, but sorry, we don't go by the metric <laughs> system. Wait, let's sorry, let's pause and look it up again.
0: <laughs> okay, LOL. The word meters is in kilometers. <laughs> ah, eighty-nine kilometers. Thank That's you. Good. And we say kilometers, not kilometers. Kilometers, like yeah. I like aluminium.
1: Aluminium. I also like urinal.
0: The word urinal.
1: Oh man, I've heard Lisa Vanderpump say urinal. Urinal. A urinal. It sounds so <laughs> nice when she says it. Yeah, it.
0: Sounds pretty. Urinal is the so- way that it is. <laughs> <laughs> Ew. So, uh, going back just one year in 1849, the U.S. Army began studying the s- suitability of Alcatraz Island for the positioning of coastal barriers to protect the approaches to San Francisco Bay by enemies okay. following the Treaty of Guadalupe Hidalgo, which ended the Mexican-American War. But they were still like, fuck, like, we gotta prepare ourselves, you know? Yeah, It already had a lighthouse, too, at this point, right? No, so. not yet. Oh,
1: okay. I yes. this that guy
0: built a lighthouse. He was supposed to. Oh. I'm pretty oh, sure. Okay. And I don't think he... Either he did, I'm sorry, I'm I, there's a lighthouse that comes in later, so I'm pretty okay. sure he was, like, planning on it and mm. then just didn't get around to it.
1: At some point, there's a lighthouse. There's a lighthouse at some point, okay. yes.
0: But I think, like, following the Mexican-American War ending, they were still like, okay, we're going to use this land to protect our military, like, yeah. arsenal, essentially, and we just need, like, protection around the coast.
1: Right. It makes sense because if it's further from the coast, they're able to see, you know, yeah, enemies coming in For and sure. alert the shore. Yes. Okay.
0: In 1853, under the direction of Zealous B. Tower, the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers began fortifying the island, which would continue until 1858, when the initial version of Fort Alcatraz was completed. So they made a fort there as well. About 200 soldiers would arrive there later that year to set up a protection location. When the American Civil War broke out in 1861, the island mounted 85 cannons around its perimeter and the island also served as a San Francisco arsenal for storage of firearms to prevent them from falling into the hands of enemies. Alcatraz, built as a, quote, heavily fortified military site on the West Coast, end quote, was to form a, quote, triangle of defense, end quote, with Fort Point and Lime Point. Hmm. But the contemplated work on Lime Point was never built, paving the way for a lighthouse to be built on Alcatraz. I see. Because they don't have... Like vision of all three now, mm-hmm. they only have two, so they're like we need something to show us <laughs> what's going on out there, right? During the war, Fort Alcatraz was used to imprison Confederate sympathizers and privateers on the west coast. But the guns on the island were never fired at enemies. It was huh. just as like a warning, like you said,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and as a incarceration unit. Starting in eighteen sixty three, the military also held private citizens accused of treason. And hundreds of troops were trained on the island with more than 350 military personnel in place by April of 1861. So now it's like a base. (laughs) Yeah,
1: it's kind of incredible, though, because even if they were holding, you know, uh, prisoners of war, that they would have to boat their asses out there. And then, you know, I mean, I guess you just get left there, but then you're stuck on an island with prisoners of war.
0: And I'll get into how unsafe it would be to try to leave that island, Mm -hmm. even if you could get to the shore. As new enlistees were assigned to units, new troops reported back for training, and early by 1865, the number of soldiers on the island reached around 433. Hmm. During the Civil War, modernization efforts, including a plan to level the entire island and construct shell-proof underground magazines and tunnels, were being talked about. What? Right, dope, right? That's that's (laughs) insane! That's so much! I know. However, this would not be completed ever, and instead, the army switched back its focus for Alcatraz to be for detention rather than for defense. Okay. Because it's like banish them. I mean, like yeah, <laughs> seriously.
1: I mean, it's Australia all over again, <laughs> just really tiny. In
0: 1867, a brick jailhouse was built, and in 1868, Alcatraz was officially designated as a long-term detention facility for military prisoners. prisoners. Although the people incarcerated at Alcatraz were Confederates caught on the West Coast and some Native American men in the 1870s who refused orders to send their children away from their families to, quote, Indian boarding schools, which are pretty much like they sound. They were utilized to convert Native children into a more white way of living, quote unquote, which is terrible. Of course, families would not comply and then they would be taken prisoner, which is fucked up. In 1989, due to the Spanish-American War, the prison population rose from 26 to over 450. From 1905 to 1907, the prison was commanded by U.S. Army General George W. McCliver, and after the 1906 San Francisco earthquake, civilian prisoners were transferred to Alcatraz for safe confinement. Because the prison got fucked on the yeah. mainland, so they were like, just ship them over just there. ship him over there. <laughs> Put them on a boat. On March 21st, 1907... Alcatraz was officially designated as the Western U.S. Military Prison, later Pacific Branch, U.S. Disciplinary Barracks, 1915. Hmm. In 1909, construction began on the huge concrete main cell block, designed by Major Reuben Turner, which remains the island's dominant feature. Still? Yes. (gasps) It was completed in 1912, and to accommodate the new cell block, the three-story barracks was demolished down to the first floor. They actually had, like, a basement level as well, which was considered the first floor.
1: In the island? Yes. That's so strange. That's weird. They're just Because that we You see... don't just
0: dig into the ocean. <laughs> <laughs> it's,
1: it's just like, I guess, like an iceberg, right? Yeah. Like, this is as much as you see on top, but underneath there's...
0: Yeah. I mean, land. A lot more. Uh... And the building had been constructed in an excavated pit, creating a defensive dry moat also. So, like, even harder to, like, get off if you needed to leave. Whoa. In 1934, the island was converted into a federal prison called Alcatraz Federal Penitentiary. So, 1934 is the beginning of what we now know to be Alcatraz.
1: Alcatraz today. Okay.
0: Well, not really, but yes. (laughs) The strong currents and ice-cold water surrounding the island made it the perfect spot for a continuing prison, as it was nearly impossible to escape. Due to this, the prison quickly became one of the most notorious in American history. I say ice-cold water, but the seasonal temperature in the San Francisco Bay is around 53 degrees Fahrenheit. Okay. So, not like ice-cold, but not... Hot, you know, pretty no. cold. It would be
1: livable, but you hypothermia would set in at some point, for right? sure. Yeah. yeah,
0: and the current can exceed six knots of wind, mm-hmm. of, of force. Excuse mm-hmm. me. With these barriers and the fact that there were many razor sharp rocks and great white sharks spotted surrounding the prison, mm-hmm. prison officers would highly discourage escape attempts by prisoners. <laughs> <They're> like, <laughs> Just, yeah, you probably don't. don't you probably do that. don't. Like,
1: I'm not saying this as your correctional officer. I'm saying this as your friend, as a person, <laughs> as don't a human that. being. You don't do that. that. <laughs>
0: The first ever attempt to escape the prison was made on April 27th, 1936, just two years after Alcatraz became Alcatraz, Mm -hmm. by prisoner AZ-210, Joseph Bowers, who was assigned the duty of burning trash at the incinerator. He was working burning garbage at the incinerator dur- during duty hours when he suddenly ran and began scaling a chain link fence at the edge <laughs> of the island. She's like I'm out of here. Attempting to make it to shore. Well, at this point, like you said,
1: the prison's only two years old. He's probably like, these dumbasses.
0: Yeah. They put it like right on some water. I could just swim. She's fucking <laughs> it. It's just a <laughs> dumb machine. It's just a dumb machine. It's a dumb island. When he was caught in the act of running, Joseph would refuse orders of the CEO yelling at him from the tower. Due to him ignoring the commands of the CO, Joseph would be shot, seriously injured, and fell from the top of the fence where he was. Oh my god. He would ultimately die from his wounds. I fucking bet. Yeah. And they're
1: probably not- I mean, you're on a fucking island. I guess they have an infirmatory, but- <laughs> Kick him into the water. <laughs> <I'm> sorry. <laughs> it's not funny. <laughs> of course nobody saw that, but kind of started making a kicking motion like- <laughs> Get, get out of
0: here. Get, get your you ass. Just get out of here. No, that's terrible. Um,
1: um, but yeah, of course, he would have an infirmary. but if he needed, like, real help... Yeah, for sure. A boat is forever away. You have to wait for the yeah. boat to get there. Well, it's not that far. Versa. It's
0: like a mile. Not even a mile and a half, but
1: still. <clears throat> yeah, but this is 1936. It might as well be 1836. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta wait for Christopher
0: Columbus to come pick your ass up. So this incident, termed Bower's, quote, desperate escape, end quote, was deemed by inmates to have either been an actual escape attempt escape attempt, a deliberate suicide, an attempt to climb up and grab garbage wedged in the fence, or an attempt to climb the fence to feed a seagull. The last one doesn't seem very (laughs) feasible. To feed an Alcatraz, or whatever that thing was called. (laughs) Some inmates believe that this was an attempted suicide due to the fact that Joseph had previously made multiple attempts and was deemed by other prisoners to be criminally insane.
1: So he was probably, like, bet, like, Okay, so if I make it over this fence, I'm at least throwing myself into this frigid water, or, you know, presumed frigid water, or I'm going to get shot before I reach there Yeah.
0: Whatever the intention was by Bowers, it was indisputable that he ignored the commands of the correction officer and kept climbing the fence even after warning shots were fired. Oh my gosh. So even if his mindset when he was leaving was... I'm going to grab some trash. Yeah, like, it's like they told him to stop and he didn't. Yeah. So that makes sense as to why he would fallen so far because he was really high up the fence when they mm-hmm. when they shot him. On December sixteenth, nineteen thirty seven, prisoners AZ two five eight and AZ two six zero, Theodore Cole and Ralph Rowe, had gradually filed through iron bars in the prison's mat shop and escaped on a very foggy day.
1: Damn, that's so boss, though. I love I love like like Andy Dufresne. Yeah, that's a that's a hero story, but it's <laughs> it's terrible.
0: <laughs> Because it was so foggy, this prevented the two men from being seen by guards in the watchtowers. The two jumped off the island and into the water and were never seen again.
1: Never seen again?
0: The treacherous waters and severe weather at the time led people to believe that the two had drowned in the bay and their bodies were swept out to sea. However, they were subsequently listed as number one and number two on the FBI's most wanted list because of this. Never found them at all. So, I, th- it's either them or
1: another case that you're probably going to touch on that there's a possibility that they actually
0: escaped so yes i will talk about that that's towards the end okay so i will say just spoiler alert no one has ever been officially labeled escaped from alcatraz wow there's no evidence that anyone escaped successfully from alcatraz ever on may 23rd (laughs) 1938 prisoners az 263 and az 335 and az 224 rufus franklin Thomas R. Limerick and James C. Lucas attacked and killed a guard named Royal Klein with a Aww. claw hammer in the woodwork shot. Oh,
1: that's fucked up. Terrible. Also, this is like one every year, like one oh, yeah. attempt
0: every year. Yeah, and they're, it seems like they're like kind of learning from like past failed yeah. attempts, which is awful. Bright
1: Cellars is a monthly wine club that matches you to delicious wines tailored completely to your tastes. Take their personalized seven-question quiz and be paired with wines that you will love. You can even improve your matches by rating each wine. Bright Sellers offers a unique tasting experience, as each bottle comes with tasting notes and pairing suggestions. It's like having a sommelier at home. Their expert wine concierge will customize your subscription to fit any lifestyle. Click the link in the show notes and get your first two bottles starting at just $74 today.
0: The three proceeded to the roof, where an armed guard shot Rufus Franklin and Thomas Leimrich, who both ultimately died. Mm. James Lucas was eventually cornered by guards and would surrender. A few years prior to this escape attempt, on June 23rd, 1936, James Lucas was also known to have attacked Al Capone in the prison's (gasps) laundry room. What? So this guy was not fucking around. No, he wasn't. I don't know any more details about that. Oh. I just thought that was interesting. That is Interesting. On January 13th, 1939, Arthur or Doc Barker, William Martin, Rufus McCain, Henry Young. I guess that was Henry Young that made that noise. That was because I had to stop because I heard
1: something. I was like, what the hell? Well, we thought somebody opened up the door, like the bedroom door, and we checked and no one was there. Nope. Kenan was even like, but where you at? And then nothing happened.
0: Nothing. Cute. Okay. Um, so I'm going to repeat those names Arthur Doc Barker, William Martin, Rufus McCain, Henry Young, and Dale Stampill, who were inmates of the prison's more secure unit, the mm-hmm. D block. They all escaped the cell house and reached the Alcatraz shore. Mm-hmm. So they got all the way to the end. Jeez. As they were putting a makeshift raft together, they were spotted by a guard and fired upon immediately. <sighs> Doc Barker was killed on sight while Dale Stampill was wounded, and the others were captured and sent to solitary confinement. Why am I rooting for these guys? I'm (laughs) like, oh, damn, they got caught. (laughs) Gotcha. Oh, no, he was shot. Um, I mean, they're here because they're, like, really bad Yeah, that's true. Yeah. On May 21st, 1941, Joe Kretzer, Sam Shockley, Arnold Kyle, and Lloyd Barkdahl were working in the industry's area when they ambushed the guards on duty and attempted to saw through window bars to reach the shore. The bars were toolproof, however, and their attempt at escaping became foiled when they realized this.
1: So it's like, did they replace all the bars after that? After those other two files, I don't know. I guess the so. bars? That's interesting. So it's Alcatraz. Alcatraz is learning as well. Exactly.
0: Both Joe Kretzer and Sam Shockley would attempt to escape again later in the Battle of Alcatraz, and we'll talk about this in a the minute. The
1: Battle of Alcatraz. <laughs>
0: <laughs> on September fifteenth, nineteen forty-one, John Richard Bayliss was working in the garbage detail on Alcatraz and managed to elude the guards, reaching the shore. He would jump into the water and try swimming to San Francisco, but would ultimately give up and return to shore. He's like, you know what? that's <laughs> not going to work. Let me just, can you just keep me back inside, please? Never I'm mind. cold. I'm cold. <laughs> I'm hungry. On April 14th, 1943, James Borman, Harold Martin Brest, Floyd Garland Hamilton, and Fred John Hunter managed to cut window bars in the industry's mat shop without being noticed. That's four of them? That's, yes, that's one too many in my opinion. Yeah. I feel like 3 is pushing like, it, but
1: a group of Fuck off. Yeah, you're going to make it
0: more obvious. <laughs> <Yeah>. Like <laughs> you go ahead and do that and I'll sneak out the back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the men were able to assemble four cans that contained army uniforms and would double as flotation devices, like Whoa. the cans. Then they would overpower two guards, bind and gag them and escape out the window. During this time the four men would leave behind two of the four cans. I guess they were just trying to leave so fast, and so now they are getting to shore and only two of them have flotation devices. Oh, shit. Dun, dun, dun. One of the attacked guards managed to get his whistle loose while the other guard managed to get his hands free, enabling him to blow the whistle that was free, which was kinda cool. <laughs> That's cute. They're just like, back in the day, they're
1: they're, they're like bobbies, right? (laughs) All they do is just blow whistles at people.
0: (laughs) So, this whistleblowing alerted the tower guards who then opened fire on the men running. James Borman would be shot and begin floating in the water unconscious, but supported by Harold Brest. As Brest was recovered by guards, Borman would be let go of and ultimately sink into the bay, never to be seen again. Wow. Fred Hunter, who had injured his back and hands during the escape attempt, gave up swimming and sought refuge in a nearby cave. He would be discovered two hours later when guards saw bloodstains on the outside of the cave and fired a warning shot into the cave to entice him to come out.
1: Oh, yeah, totally. I'm like, oh, yeah, let me run towards you. Well, they're like,
0: next one's in your fucking scalp. (laughs) You know what I mean? He's probably like... He would surrender himself and return to the prison. Floyd Hamilton was wrongly assumed by guards to have been hit by gunfire and sunk, similarly to Borman, but he had actually been hiding in the same cave as Fred Hunter <gasps> under a pile of tires. Two days later, he would climb back up the same cliff that he had jumped off of and find his way back through the window he had escaped from, hiding under a pile of materials in the storeroom. He's like, I'm cold. <laughs> he would be found there the next morning and just he was like, continued oh, to no, be at
1: the prison. Totally didn't escape. Yeah. i've been here this whole time. Time. I time. time they're like you smell like
0: seaweed and piss exactly though like that's probably what he was thinking like if yeah. they don't know that i left they're like we literally saw you in the water <laughs> we saw you <laughs> we thought you were dead
1: it's the only reason we didn't try to recover your body
0: right Ugh. Huron ted walters who was serving a sentence of 30 years for robbery assault and auto theft had noticed that on the weekends fewer guards were on duty he also noticed that their attention tended to be focused on the wreck yard rather than inside. He would take advantage of this situation on August 7, 1943, and slip out of the New Industries building where he was working in the laundry room. His plan was to cut through two security fences that separated him from freedom, make his way to the water, and swim to San Francisco. His plan would quickly go sideways when the wire cutters he smuggled with him failed to work. He would end up climbing up both fences, but fell from the second fence, injuring his back. Although Huron would make it to the shore, he was unable to go any further due to his injury, and he would be picked up by Captain of the Guards, Henry Weinhold, and the Associate Warden, E.J. Miller. Huron would be returned to the cell house, where he spent some time in the hospital and then was thrown in solitary confinement. (laughs) And then he was thrown back out to the shore. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) To the sharks. (laughs) On July 31st, 1945, John K. Giles, a prison worker, managed to assemble a U.S. Army's technical sergeant's uniform, most likely from stealing pieces of garments that were sent to be cleaned, like, Mm -hmm. one at a time. And I say prison worker, but he was a prisoner. Mm -hmm. And he actually boarded a ferry that provided service between government facilities and San Francisco Bay with his army fatigues. Like, he looked like one of the guys. Whoa! I think this is, like, the smartest one of all of them. Shortly after the ferry's departure for Angel Island, headcount on Alcatraz came up short. They would relay the information to the fairy who searched the boat and came across John returning him to Alcatraz. Mm. Imagine that. Like, he's like, God, I was so close. Like, so I was right close. there. Yeah. Fuck. That's when don't you threw Don't feel him. sorry for him. <laughs> They're prisoners. <laughs> They're bad people. But what did they do, though?
1: But, like, what did they do? <laughs>
0: <laughs> Probably murder. Probably murder. Perhaps the most violent and infamous escape attempt from Alcatraz came in May of 1946 in the form of the Battle of Alcatraz. From May 2nd to May 4th, six prisoners would attempt to escape the island. This was also known as the Alcatraz Blastout. The six prisoners involved in the escape were Bernard Coy, Clarence Carnes, Marvin Hubbard, Miren Thompson, Joseph Kretzer, and Sam Shockley. So the guys from earlier. From earlier? Yes. The men took control of the cell house by overpowering COs and were able to enter the weapons room, obtaining keys to the yard door in the process. Oh,
1: that's a big goof. Oh, Yeah. That's just, like, oh, yeah. I mean, they, it's just one guy that has all those keys.
0: <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> they probably all have a key. Right. The men's goal was to escape via boat, but they failed to obtain the keys to the outside door, so they decided to battle it out with the guards. So now they're in between the wreck door and the outside door, and the guards are, like, inside. They're like, come on, motherfucker!" Like,
1: Sallyport Port <laughs> type stuff? Or, like, uh, like you know, Sally Port's, like, the in-between.
0: Yeah, kind of. Yeah. Okay. That's what it seems like. A fight would ensue, and the men managed to hold two COs hostage during this time whom they eventually killed after two days of holding them hostage. Oh, my God. The hostages were killed by Joseph Kretzer after Sam Shockley and Miren Thompson encouraged him to kill them. And like, it said we... that it was, like, point blank, which is really sad.
1: Well, hopefully it was quick.
0: One of the guards by the name of William Miller would succumb to his injuries almost immediately. With the second guard, Harold Stites, would ultimately be be killed in the cell house by friendly fire from the outside. What? So he, don't know if he would have lived or not, but he got additionally wounded by his own men, unfortunately. <sighs> oh, my God. Following this shootout, Shockley, Thompson, and Carnes would return to their cells, and the other three, Coy, Kretzer, and Hubbard, would persist with their fight. The U.S. Marines would intervene to help the COs and would kill the three men who stayed behind. In this battle, apart from the guards and prisoners killed, 17 other guards and one prisoner were also injured. Shockley, Thompson, and Carnes were tried for the killings of the COs, and Shockley and Thompson were sentenced to death through gas chamber. That's what I was going to ask. I'd be like, you know...
1: Yeah, you return to yourselves at certain points or whatever, and you're like, oh yeah, but you've already, you've already done enough damage. Exactly, yeah. On some of those, and so I was wondering, you know, did some of them get tried with, murder, did, you know? Yeah. and Of course, resentenced.
0: So there was actually no death row at Alcatraz, so this would actually be carried out at San Quentin in December of 1948. So and I'll talk like, more about that like a little bit later.
1: But it's all essentially Gen Pop right now, like they're all just it's general population. Unless and they're all you're walking in solitary, around. yeah. Oh my gosh.
0: Yeah. Carnes, who was only 19 years old at the time of this battle, was given an additional life sentence. On July 23rd, 1956, prisoner Floyd Wilson disappeared from his job at the dock, but was discovered after hiding for 12 hours among large rocks on the shoreline. He had given up his plan to make a raft out of driftwood. He's like, you know what, this is too hard. (laughs) It's
1: cold and it's wet. And And that's what a
0: lot of people, I feel like, realize. They're like, oh shit, like, this is not as easy as i thought it was going to be you mm-hmm. know to to get out of here prisoners aaron burgett and clyde johnson were working on the garbage detail when they both overpowered a guard on september 29th 1958 they would both jump into the water attempting to swim off the island the two men attempted to use inflated plastic bags as flotation devices and wooden boards as flippers what <laughs> they, like, tie them to their feet <laughs> i don't know why that's so funny i feel like it's like floaties and two wooden yeah they tied
1: plastic bags to their arms that's so silly
0: (laughs) (sighs) a police launch would intercept clyde johnson but aaron berger disappeared he would die in his escape attempt and his body would be found floating in the bay near alcatraz two weeks later on june 11th 1962 Frank Morris, John Anglin, and Clarence Anglin would successfully carry out one of the most intricate escapes ever devised.
1: Oh, okay. okay. This is it. I'm excited. I'm (laughs) excited. And I I don't remember a lot from it. I just remember seeing, like, something on History Channel.
0: Yeah. Behind the prisoner's cell in cell block C was an unguarded, three-foot-wide utility corridor. The prisoners would chisel away the concrete that was damaged by moisture, giving way for it to be softer, using tools like metal spoons and forks. They had also somehow gotten access to an electric drill made from a stolen vacuum cleaner motor. I don't know who. What? And of course, this was noisy, right? Mm-hmm. The noise of this was disguised by accordions that prisoners played during their music hour, which was actually like an hour and a half. Uh- and their progress into the tunnel was concealed by false walls. You really couldn't see it, especially in the dark. And yeah. so the prisoners just, uh, COs just didn't really know. Hmm. This escape route then led through an air vent, a shaft large enough for the men to climb through. The men were able to gain access to over 50 rubber raincoats from other inmates that they would plan to use as their flotation devices. Raincoats? Yes, right? Okay. The men would also all make paper mache heads of themselves <gasps> and leave them in their cell bunks, like, in their beds, so it looked like they were there.
1: <laughs> that sounds
0: haunting. Right? And there's a picture of one online. It's, like, really creepy. Ugh. They would put these heads before esca- uh, in their bed before escaping through a vent in the roof and departing Alcatraz. An official investigation from the FBI launched immediately from 1962 and lasted until December 1979 when they finally closed it.
1: They were just like, it's an open case, and then hopefully we'll find them,
0: and then they just never did it? (gasps) Yeah. The official report on the escape from the FBI is that the prisoners all drown in the cold bay water while trying to reach the mainland. The FBI states that it is highly unlikely that the men would have been able to make the 1.25 mile swim to shore. The U.S. US Marshal Service, however, their case still remains open and active. Morris and the Anglin brothers remain on the wanted list for this department. What? Circumstantial evidence uncovered in the early 2010s seems to suggest that the men had survived, and that contrary to what the FBI stated about rafts never being recovered, that rafts were in fact found nearby Angel Island with footprints leading away. What? Like the raincoat rafts? Were yeah. I, like I was like, oh, rafts were never recovered. And then there was there circumstantial was just, like, evidence that were like, maybe But we found were. 50 raincoats. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's not a raft. It's <laughs> not a yeah. raft. It's raincoats. Duh. <laughs> on top of this, a car had been reported stolen on the night of the escape by three men in <gasps> the area. I didn't know
1: any of this. Oh my gosh. This is exciting.
0: <laughs> Relatives of the Anglin brothers presented further circumstantial evidence in support of a rumor that the Anglin brothers had fled to Brazil following their escape. A facial recognition analysis of a photograph proposed to be of John and Clarence in Brazil in 1975, 13 years after their escape, concluded that it was not them.
1: Mm. <laughs> I know, right? We're all again, we're here rooting for the murderers. Yeah.
0: I personally think that they didn't make it, but no. that's just me.
1: I don't know. I'd like to think somewhere out there, right? You know, not that these guys are Andy Dufresne, but that an Andy Dufresne exists somewhere. Yeah,
0: maybe. As long as they're not hurt anyone else,
1: which they probably are. <laughs> Yeah, hopefully they're not hurting anyone else.
0: Finally, on December 16th, 1962, John Paul Scott and Daryl Lee Parker would become the last two prisoners to attempt to escape from Alcatraz. In what year? 62. 62, wow. The men used a makeshift saw to cut through the bars on a kitchen window in the cell house before running to the edge of the island and jumping into the water. Daryl Parker would be found alive 81 yards from the main island on the rock formation named Little Alcatraz- while well, John Scott would f- reach Fort Point beneath the Golden Gate Bridge, where he was found <gasps> by teenagers suffering from exhaustion and hyperthermia.
1: Oh my gosh! Oh, not the teenagers. He was, the suffering. <laughs> he was
0: <laughs> suffering. Sorry, I'm sorry. The teenagers are him. <laughs> but the fact that he was found by teenagers is crazy because I'm like, he was that close to the mainland. Like these teenagers might have been exploring a little bit farther away. Yeah. But he's under the fucking Golden Gate Bridge. Like yeah. that's San like, Francisco. Oh,
1: Mister, Mister, you okay? <laughs> yeah. Oh, I, you know, take my coat, take my whatever. Yeah. Like, oh my gosh.
0: After recovering in Letterman General Hospital, he would be returned to Alcatraz. They're like, you ain't <laughs> fucking stay in here, motherfucker. <laughs> Sorry, bro. This is the only proven case of an Alcatraz inmate reaching the shore by swimming, <gasps> which is interesting.
1: And that's 1962?
0: Yes. And get this. The Alcatraz-Fort Point route what they, that they took from Alcatraz to Fort Point is now part of two annual triathlon events people swim this on purpose now what? <laughs> what
1: What? proving that it's possible exactly exactly <laughs> every day right? every day yeah what's i mean one dude could just like hop out and just start swimming with everyone else no really like it's just
0: isn't that wild i'm You'd like why would the, you do that on purpose like, one guy without goggles and a wetsuit but still <laughs> it's like he might be a prisoner <laughs> he's wearing black and white on March 21st, 1963, Alcatraz would close its doors after 29 years of operation. Contrary to popular belief, the prison did not close due to the escape of Morris and the Anglin brothers, but because the institution was just too expensive to continue operation. Mm-hmm. So it's not no longer a prison. As of what year? Uh, 63. Oh. Yeah. So it hasn't been a prison for a very long time. I didn't know that. I have some fun facts. but <gasps> so that's pretty much the end of, like, all the escapees, but I have some fun facts if you want to know.
1: More fun facts. Yes, more.
0: <laughs> So, number one, the gardens of Alcatraz are a well-known part of the prison, but not many people know that they were actually started by the officers who initially worked there. Aww. So, the officers, like, planted and made these gardens all pretty. It was, like, kind of nice, right? Because they, they spent so much time there, you know? Yeah, of
1: course. They wanted to look at something pretty.
0: Due to the harsh, barren landscape, particularly hard plants were chosen, and today they are maintained by the National Park Service. That's so cute, cute. right? Number two, families used to live on Alcatraz Island. Due to the fact that being a prison officer was such a full-on job, wives and children of the COs sometimes lived on the island, too. I believe that. Resulting in several children growing up there. There's actually an alumni association for children that grew up there that exists today so people can chat and talk about their lives.
1: See, and that's what's interesting. is like, I said it earlier in the beginning of the episode, it's it's just Australia.
0: Yeah, I mean, kind of. <laughs> they used to send prisoners there right at the beginning and now yeah, it's like inhabited. Yeah, for
1: sure. That was over the course of many, many, many,
0: many... Yeah, for sure. ...you
1: know, hundreds of years.
0: Number three, like I said earlier, there was no death row on Alcatraz. There were actually just no facilities for executions, and no prisoner was ever put to death there, although some did die naturally there during their sentence. Mm. Number four, prisoners were noted as requesting transfers to Alcatraz. Due to the prison having single-cell occupancy, unlike other prisons close by, oh. and apparently high-quality food... Prisoners in other facilities were known to have asked for transfers there. It's like a Marriott. Yeah, they're like, I have to share the fucking cell with this motherfucker. Like, no, I'm <laughs> going to to Alcatraz maybe by myself. <laughs> Plus and, Al
1: Capone's there.
0: Right. <laughs> and lastly, Alcatraz was never full. The highest number of prisoners ever reported to be incarcerated there was 320 But the average usually stood around 260, and Hmm. the fewest number I could find was 222. Wow. So yeah, it was just never a full prison. That's That's, gotta be nice. That's it, though. It's not a huge, giant mental breakdown, but I thought it was really interesting. It's like a history
1: lesson wrapped into true crime. Right?
0: Something a little different, and honestly I could have gone through, like, every single person and what they did, but it would have made, like, for like a two-hour episode. I was like, I don't know if I want to do all that. They're all
1: murderers.
0: But yeah, you can look it up. I mean, I got literally all my information in one spot, and you can find a lot of stuff on there but that's interesting yeah i'm they glad still do this tours and stuff yeah i'm sure they do i mean i don't think i would want to go over there really. no no oh, i would okay. love to i'm sorry great white sharks around in the area i'm not gonna go over there I'm in a teeny a boat boat it's I, not gonna be a teeny boat i've been on a boat and i've seen <laughs> sharks there's fairies because
1: no. that one guy that's I mean, true yeah. That's, yeah
0: that's true i don't know maybe i think it'd be fun I'm like, I'm not really crazy about islands, but I go to islands all the time, so I don't know why I wouldn't it's be not, crazy but it's it. 16 American
1: football field that's sizes. That's true, it's pretty big. It's pretty I big. I'd have to think about it. And then, I mean, clearly the, the prison is just one part of it.
0: Yeah, that's true. Would you guys go to Alcatraz? Tell us. Tell us. Send us an email.
1: Tell us in the comments.
0: But yeah, that's all I have for today, and... I can check that one off my list, because every time I think of a new mental breakdown idea, I write it down in my notes, and then I'm glad I do, because I saw it today, and I was like, oh, fuck, I forgot I did that one.
1: Yeah. So you guys have maybe a location that deals with true crime that you find is interesting, I know we did Cecil Hotel once. Yeah. That would be kind of cool. Sure. If you guys would like to hear more about location content on mental breakdowns, of course, not in lieu of a case, but... Yeah, that would be interesting.
0: Yeah, keep giving us your ideas. Like I said, this is a cool opportunity, I think, for us to, I I say a loophole, but either way, like, we're going to do what we want to do, right? But to talk about things that are just interesting to us. You know, it doesn't always have to be a a psychology um, diagnosis or, you know. Or an experiment. Exactly, Mm -hmm. yeah. Something like this, I think, is really cool. And, of course, it ties right into what we talk about.
1: Tell us about your famous true crime place. There you go. Whatever country you're in.
0: Or tell us your stories, and we'll do a mental breakdown with people's personal stories. Ooh, I would would love to do that.
1: Do a compilation of the mental breakdown.
0: Members only. (laughs) (sighs) That's cool. (laughs) Just coined it. All right. Well, we will see you guys next time. Yeah. Love you. Love you. Bye. Bye. You don't need real ink to make an impact. Let the power of temporary tattoos tell your story. Temporary Tattoos specializes in a wide range of temporary body art, including custom tattoos, with the option to add unique effects like metallic, glitter, glow-in-the-dark, and so much more. Temporary Tattoos are easy to apply and last up to five days. When you're ready for your new look, simply remove your fake tattoo using their lemon-scented removing wipes. Rinse and repeat. Temporary Tattoos. Experiment with a new look without the commitment. Use the link in the show notes below to enjoy your exclusive offer and bring your new look to life.